Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I admit that I'm tired. And it has nothing to do with not getting enough sleep. It doesn't have anything to do with being lazy or working too hard. It has everything to do with this world. And I suspect that you're getting tired as well. Amen. One of the things that I think we are learning through all of this process is we're seeing forced in front of us every day that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I remember from many years ago, I don't know how recently it was still being used, but you will probably recall the commercial on television, and it had a frazzled woman saying, Calgon, take me away. And that time alone was going to repair her life. Our theme for today is heaven. In fact, maybe we could say as a commercial, heaven, take us away. What I want to do today is just have us retreat from the lives that we've been living. And I just want you to think with me about heaven. Sometimes we just need to stop. We need to slow down. We need a new thought. We need a new mindset. We need to be reminded of heaven. This morning, heaven is a wonderful place. And this evening, I want to go there. Just open your Bibles to the text of Revelation 22 and leave it there. And you will find the concepts that John gives us that I think help us to say, Heaven is a wonderful place. There's something about those special places where you like to go. Those special places that either hold memories, give you new hope, concepts that make you say, okay, I'm okay now, I'm at peace. If I can just get there. Heaven 
for a Christian can be that place. Listen to what John says about the wonderful place of heaven. He says first, heaven is a wonderful place because your thirst will be quenched. Water is an absolute necessity for life. To be dehydrated causes all kinds of physical problems. Water is a must. And when you're parched, when you need the refreshing of cool water, you just can't beat it. My mom had both sets of grandparents write their philosophy of life. And my granddad, my father's father, said this is his philosophy of life. Walk or run everywhere that you're not walking. And drink plenty of Adam's ale. And if you don't know what that is, it's just water. Water is a necessity. In heaven, there is a river of water of life. It is what we need, and it will be there to take care of all of our thirst. When Jesus met the woman at the Samaritan well in John chapter 4, she had come to draw water for her family, and he asked her for a drink, and, and she didn't even know who he was. And she said, who are you? And he said, if you knew who I was that's asking you for water, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Because Jesus said, I am that living water. In John 7, he said it again. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, though he thirst, he can have water that springs up into everlasting life. Heaven is a place where our thirst is quenched because the water of life flows freely and we will never thirst again. Number two, heaven is a wonderful place because our appetite will be satisfied. Verse 2, We learn that in this place, heaven, is the tree of life. And it bears 12 fruits each month. The concept is, it is there from now on. That fruit continues to grow. That fruit continues to bear. It will be there for us. The fruit takes care of the appetite. The tree of life we first find. Isn't it interesting? We first find it at the beginning of the Bible. 
And we last see it at the end of the Bible. And when we first find that tree, we find in Genesis 2 that the Bible says that God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had made to tend and to keep the garden. And in that garden he caused to grow every manner of tree that was good for fruit and food. And there he put the tree of life in the middle of the garden. And there was also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life represents the struggle between the desires that we have for this world and the desires for the one that is to come. The appetites constantly in conflict between the physical and the spiritual. And you know that that appetite caused Adam and Eve to fall because they gave in to the physical and overlooked the spiritual. But in heaven, in heaven, the tree of life is planted there and we can eat from it freely because all of our appetites All of the desires that have afflicted us here or confronted us here will no longer be an issue. Those appetites will be satisfied. Number three, the leaves on that tree were for the healing of the nations. We pray every day, don't we? For God to heal our world from this virus. We pray for our people who are made to be sick because of it. But there there has been disease and sickness and problems since the fall. But that tree has leaves with healing power. And as bad as these physical problems are that we have to face all of the time, that's not the biggest problem we have. And the healing found in these leaves heals the real problem of life. And that is the sin that affects us. Generally speaking, that's what we call it, sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3 and 23, and the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and 23. I know what the disease is, generally speaking, but more specifically, what is the disease, what is the healing, what is it that will be fixed? What's going to happen 
The problem, the real problem, is self-will. The real problem that Adam and Eve experienced in the garden that set in motion everything that we now have is self-will. A, a decision that says, here is God's will, here is my will. And we fight it every single day. But the healing from those leaves, as we eat from the leaves of that tree in that place, there will be no thought of any other will except His. Twice in the book of Judges, chapter 17 and 21, the Bible says of the people of God, every time that a judge over them passed away, the Bible says, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's the self-will with which we struggle every day. But with the leaves of that tree, the struggle will be over. We'll not even consider any other will but His. Because then the disease will be cured. Fourth, the curse will be destroyed. The curse will be gone. The curse. The curse of life. The curse that happened because of that misuse and self-will. In Genesis 3... When Adam and Eve had eaten of that fruit, that fruit immediately exposed them because they realized we are naked and they hid themselves and made clothes for themselves. There's something about sin and getting caught in sin that makes you feel like you've been exposed to the world. God cursed the serpent whom Satan used. God cursed the woman. God cursed the man. God cursed the earth. The damage of sin was a curse from God. Specifically, the curse was death. For God had said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, I know they did not die physically that day. So if God doesn't lie and he doesn't, then what did happen? They died spiritually. And they began to die physically. Death is the curse. 
As by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death is spread to all men because all of sin. Romans 5 verse 12. James 2 and 26 tells me that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And the point that we should draw from that certainly includes this one. Death is a separation. And physical death separates us from those who are still here. And spiritual death separates us from God. The curse when we are finally in heaven, it's done. It's over. It's lifted. It's ended. That curse is destroyed. It makes heaven a wonderful place. Verse 5. They don't need any, there is no night there. They don't need a lamp. The Lord God is the light. Darkness will be eliminated. I can't even imagine what it would be like, will be like, to live where there is never any darkness. I've been far enough north to know what it's like to see light almost all the time. But darkness finally came. But heaven is a wonderful place because darkness will be ended. Darkness is in Scripture that which is associated with evil. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 7. Those who sleep, sleep in the night. Those who are drunk, get drunk in the night. The Bible also teaches that we need to put on the light. The day is far spent. It's time to put on the light, not living after darkness, like lewdness and lust and drunkenness and envy and strife. We live in a dark world. We live in a dark world that seems to be getting darker. But heaven is a wonderful place because there darkness will be gone. Never have to fear, never have to wonder ever again. Finally, they shall reign forever and ever. Heaven is a wonderful place because it will never end. I remember as a young person, teens, specifically once sitting in my room on the side of my bed, and I just began to say the word forever. 
forever. Forever. I couldn't wrap my head around it. We can't. It's not something that's in our experience. It'll make you dizzy if you think about it too long. But it'll make you nervous if you think about it at all. Because guess what? When you get there, you're there. There's nothing coming after it. No higher place to be. No better thing coming. You're there. It's a wonderful place. And it's never going to end. And while we're here, and there seems to be no end to the problems that we are experiencing, it's good to take a break, to step back and realize Truly, heaven is a wonderful place. Let us think about that. When we get depressed, when things don't go right, just stop and take a few minutes as we have done today and think about heaven. If you've not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and been immersed into heaven to have His blood covering you, heaven's not an option for you right now. It's still an option of choice, but it's not the choice that's going to happen if you remain in that condition. Don't you want to go to that wonderful place? If you do, why refuse to do what is necessary to enter? And I hope that we can all be challenged to greater commitment by thinking about heaven. And may all of us take a moment to recommit ourselves to our faith with God and our journey toward heaven. We can help you today. Will you come as we stand and sing? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.